Hello and welcome back to the Roasted Games Podcast, Season 3. We're doing it. We've started up again. It feels really good to be back on the mics with you guys. I hope you're enjoying your beautiful summer day here in Denver. But Bill, where are you? What has changed in your situation? Well, it's funny that you would ask. Uh, I actually have moved to uh, from I Denver you told to... told me to ask, actually. I feel like you gave to... me that note. <laughs> well, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> oh, don't crap. give away our secrets. Um, so I have actually moved to uh, warm and sunny Louisville, Kentucky, uh, home of the cicada outbreak. Uh, oh, 2021. Right. I totally forgot so. you're right in the middle of that. Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle. Yes. And they are everywhere. And they are so loud, so loud, like deafening loud. Um, but it's going to, they, they keep telling me it's going to end soon. So, um, so <laughs> eventually. Do? Yes. We'll be gone soon. Yeah, they're but I mean they they like shriek and then they like reproduce and then they die like immediately. So I mean, how long could this possibly go on? Um, so hopefully, there's is not there... a lot of like super single cicadas that are just like this is the life I'm gonna live. It's like no, no, go go out, date, have fun. Well, those those uh, Gen Z or uh, cicadas, they say, aren't having uh, aren't marrying at the same rates that their parents did. So you never know. You never know. So but true. Uh, but yeah, so you guys have big giant new like now you've relocated. You're in Kentucky. It's a it's a brave new world. Everything's different. But uh, we were just talking actually before we got on the podcast that we have um, restarted our local game group that you and Kirsten started. Um, just last week, and it was fun, but it definitely was a big empty hole that <laughs> where you guys existed, where we missed having you guys there, of course. So, um, yeah, it's it feels like everything's so different right now, in, in good ways, and and you know, there's some, uh, there's definitely, uh, you know, it, it, we missed you guys and wished you could were were here. But I'm really excited. And I knew you were too to start the podcast again and um, just chat about some games and hang out. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we're gonna just forego some format today and just uh, just chat and nerd out. So yeah, I am I am ready. It's where we shine. <laughs> yes. So here, uh, I have not had a chance yet to really find a game group or delve into much of that, but uh, there are a couple of pretty good sized um, local game shops here. So. Uh, I figure any place that can support a local board game shop has to have local board gamers. So I'm yeah. hoping to uh, track them down either at the uh, the game stores or potentially just doing another meetup like uh, like we did the last time. So um, stay tuned on that one. But um, I do. My wife and I do live uh, with two roommates now here that. Um, are not necessarily gamers. Uh, they they like to play games and thus far have been very excited about the um, non-complex, non-Euro type games that uh, I've introduced. <laughs> so consider them to be on the level of a Catan player. Um, and so we've we've played some. We've delved into some some easier, lighter games. Um, and I'm just sort of, it's a fine art uh, introducing somebody to this hobby without completely freaking them out because I, I could easily just pull down, you know, hey, here's, uh, here's Great Western Trail. Let's try this for your first go around and see what happens. And uh, 
Yeah, but I still have to live here, so... Yeah, that's the tightrope back, because you guys are not only... You know, you know I've, you've been friends before, but living together is a different situation, and then not only that, but, like, doing, you know, other things, hanging out and, and hanging with gaming together is also different, so you're navigating so many different things. So I, here's my question, though. What have you guys... What are the games that you've been kind of throwing on the table to kind of engage with this? And I ask that partially because I've been playing a lot of um, smaller games lately, and so maybe we can compare notes here on... Um, what you've been playing versus uh, what I've been playing, and we could cross-reference a bit. Okay. Well, I'll go over some of uh, the, their favorites so far. Uh, and actually, their number one is uh, one of your favorite games and a game that you actually introduced me to, uh, Quicks. Oh, so nice. the first night we moved here, uh, we I pulled it out, and they kind of looked at it, and I'm like, no, trust me, it's... <laughs> this is fun, and so we played it a few times, and and they they love it. We uh, if if we're ever looking for something just for you know fairly quick fun go round where we can still talk, drink some bourbon or something, um, it is a great interactive game that uh, that they really enjoy. Uh, also, they've enjoyed Point Salad, which I oh cool, I just been, played that one recently for the first time. I've been playing the shit out of it. Uh, it with everybody even in denver uh before we left uh we played a whole bunch of it with uh with lots of different people and uh really really enjoyed it it's um it's very light uh and but it's it's very simple to to explain and easy easy to get to the table uh it only takes two minutes to explain okay these are like the two things you can do <laughs> this or that <laughs> right, yeah. and here's the reason you do this here's the reason you do that all right let's play um so that's uh that's one they've enjoyed a lot um we've also uh our favorite bar game uh is actually still our favorite bar game um we go out we play archer love letter which nice, could easily be really any of the love letters but Archer's the one we have and enjoy the most and uh, they've really picked up on on that one. They they enjoy it a lot. Um, another one they they played the other night, which is sort of a foray into slightly denser, but still fairly light. Uh, we played Century Spice Road. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah which, I've played that in a long time. Yeah, which is one of my my favorite gateways uh for for newer people and uh and they really liked it we played it twice and the second time they actually asked hey can we play that again so uh it was that was a super super duper big hit so they're hooked you've you've got them hooked at this point now yeah i think uh i think i got them (laughs) yeah they're they're uh they're all in for sure after that if they're if they're requesting playthroughs that's a good sign yes that's awesome we also gave uh, Marvel United a shot, uh, which they enjoyed. Uh, it was, I think, their first real uh, look at a cooperative game. So have you played Marvel United? I have, and I'm trying to remember which one that is. Because that came out, like a couple of Marvel games came out around 2020. Uh, I'm trying to remember yeah, which this, one that is. All right, it was looking a it up big, right now. big Kickstarter um, and just uh, just came out last year. Um the only set that's available in retail that I'm aware of is just the base set, um, which has just uh, like six or seven minis in it. Um, I recently, and Marvel United X-Men just recently was on Kickstarter, um, ended up being uh, Simon Games' uh, like 
number one Kickstarter of all time, uh, money wise. And mm-hmm. I backed it at the full all in level um, for <laughs> not only X Men but the previous generation, the the original as well, to Ooh. the tune of uh, after shipping about six hundred bucks. So uh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> so I will have several hundred uh, Marvel minis. And I've recently started painting them, so I'll have uh, gives me something to do. So it'll be done um, in five years, practically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I I really like it. Um, it's a it's it's a fun. It's flexible in that it's very very simple basic gameplay, uh, and that seems to be kind of the the downside with with gamer gamers is they're like, well, there's not a whole lot to it. It's very it's very light and it's very simple, and it is, but. The different heroes have each hero has their own pack of cards, their own own deck of cards. So they play slightly differently. But the the key here is the villains. Um, each villain has uh, not only a different way in which they um, they play the game, but uh, even like winning conditions change with the villains. So it's almost oh, like playing like different games with each villain. Because you're huh. trying to do completely different things, and they have very different feels, and um, and like with both sets, both all ends that I got, there's I don't know, there's probably eighty villains, eighty five villains, um, so there's just there's so much replayability and so so much um, different gameplay that way that huh. uh, I feel I I really enjoy it. Um, what i've played of it which is really just the the original basic set but yeah that's i was trying to the uh marvel champions that's the one i always confuse those two which one is which because i've uh, i've played champions which is not not many it's just cards and uh, from what i understand a little bit more complexity so the minis in marvel united how are they used is it like any territory control like what is the kind of structure of the game I, i'm Less familiar with that one than I thought I was. <clears throat> I think I you. Uh, what you do is is each turn you play, uh, you play a card from your your hero deck um, onto the timeline. Okay. And uh, it lets you do something. Uh, it could let you move. It could let you attack. It could um, give you a heroic action. And you use those uh, the symbols on your card to accomplish something uh, on that turn. And the cool thing is, is that it stacks. So when I place my card that maybe has like a movement and an attack, okay. uh, the next person places their card next to mine to continue down the timeline, and they now use the symbols on their card and the symbols on my card. So now okay. they can move, attack, and maybe they have another attack and maybe a heroic action. So now they can use all of that to, to have these big combos. And you can, can kind of set each other up for things. Uh, especially depending on what what villains and where you're you're going with it, you can be very strategic in making sure that the next player has what they they need to to do. And basically, the the minis uh, there's locations around the board, and the minis um, they move around to mark your location. So um, typically, and and then every I think fourth card played, third or fourth card played, uh, the villain plays a card. And it's it's an uh, it's an AI. So the villain plays a card, and then you it executes all of the stuff. It moves a certain amount, and then it uh, it adds like um, thugs and bystanders, and then it has can have like a what they call a BAM effect, 
which could be damage to a hero. Uh, it could be uh, multiple other things, but uh, typically it's damage to a hero. And they, the way the heroes take damage is uh, they have a hand of uh, three cards, and they lose. They discard a card, so their hand limit is now two. And then they discard, and then it's now one. So, uh, and there are ways to heal, uh, but basically, when you are out of cards in your hand, then you uh, your hero gets KO'd. So it lays oh, down, and then you pick all your cards up, and you basically kind of skip a turn, but you can still get back in there. Uh, but there are villains whose whole goal is like you lose if uh, you get KO'd or. Two, two players get KO'd on the same turn or something like that. Uh, could be an end game thing. It could huh. be that you have too many, uh, that all the locations are filled with bystanders. Or it could be uh, all kinds of different. There's obviously a million different ways it could play. But uh, but that's the inherent uh, card play of it. It's just, is you play a card that has some symbols, you use those actions, the next player takes his and yours, and uh, can kind of string it together. So then the player after him obviously would take his and then theirs. So Not in the, so it looks like you're also like there's locations to move to that have abilities that to fire off mm-hmm. there as well. Is that right? Yes. Or location and, uh, effects, I should say. Yes. And to use those location effects, there's usually something. There's a, a bad guy thing there. There's either like a, a trap of some sort or there is a um, like henchman that you have to fight and defeat in order to clear that um, that location to be able to use the location power. Oh, cool. Yeah, that looks really fun. I'm watching kind of a little synopsis <laughs> right now, just an overall and how it's played. Yeah, I, li- I like that a lot. I-, I like this structure looks really interesting. It does look very similar to um, uh, not legendary uh, champions in in the way that the um, the like, I love the uh, Marvel superhero games that really incorporate the henchman structure well. I think Dice Masters does that good in a good way. But yeah. um, so, is it also like if the henchmen take over an area, can you be locked out of areas or no? But if um, if a henchman goes to be added from a Bama factor from a, a villain card, um, and they can't be added because there's not enough spots then there's an overflow effect and every villain has a different overflow effect. So interesting. You could take damage. You could, um, you could advance up on the, you know, fear track or whatever. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of different things that can happen. Um, and and that's where these unique villains make, make this such a, uh, an, an interesting game to me is that there's so many different ways to play it. Just playing the Red Skull over and over is like a kind of would be a snooze fest. You know, once right. you played him a couple of times, like you, there's no replayability there. Um, but you make it through 80 villains, and by the time you get back to the first one, like it's brand new again. So right, um, and that's assuming you're playing Marvel United 24 <laughs> seven, which which I probably will not be. Um, the minis but. look super cool, though. I like the style. It's very uh, what's that? Um, they're chibis. Those, yeah, what the they're like kind of like that. Proportions are very kind of like stubby, <laughs> stubby yeah, cartoony style. Yeah, they're chibi style, which is like in the the style of like um, like the same as uh, Arcadia Quest and and those games. Yeah, 
I love, yeah. I love. It's a, it's a very cute style, and I love the way that villains look in that style because it looks like. Right? I mean, they're threatening, they're but they're also just scary so cute. Badasses, yeah. <laughs> yeah, red skulls just like, oh, look at that guy. He's one pinch your crazy adorable. looking cheeks. <laughs> oh, crossbones! What are you doing? Come on, buddy. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, that's one I have. To, I haven't checked out before. I felt like because that one came out in 2020, and Marvel Champions came out right before it. I feel like. Um, is there a third one that came out right around there too? I can't remember. I think I, I think what I'm thinking of is like Dice Masters had like a bunch oh, of no, Marvel, there, Marvel there releases. Is the, there is another uh, Marvel game. It's uh, Marvel. Um, it's 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 actually substantially more uh, more complex. Um, it's it's also mini based. Um. Uh, yeah. Something oh, protocol. Yeah. Something protocol. Yeah. Crisis oh, protocol. It? Crisis protocol. Yeah. 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 So, um, and that's that's much more serious looking, and from my understanding, substantially more advanced, and considerably more expensive. So. Right. Um, yeah. Speaking of expensive, yeah, huh. and that's only, uh, Oh yeah, it's only I two ju- players too. I just backed, and it just literally while we're on online here, um, it collected my pledge for um, the Witcher board game. Ooh, eight it's... million dollars! This thing just closed at. Oh my god! Are you serious? That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Eight million dollars. Wow i I am astounded. Like I remember reading the Witcher the original book like the last wish book which is like the first one like long time ago and and it was like yeah it's pretty good and then i knew they made a video game or i played the video game and i was like this is great i am astounded how <laughs> much the witcher has caught on like it's yeah. crazy to me is it henry cavill that's driving this <laughs> it like i'm sure it's a big part of it but it's just astounding to me that this sort of obscure um artistic ip has suddenly blown up in the world is suddenly obsessed with this genre it's really fascinating to me but that's cool i could see that being a fun game do you know uh like what are the, what are the details about the game that you know um it's the witcher old world uh which uh, it's got a it's a minis game. It's a uh, it's a big sprawling minis game. My understanding is you you are a witcher, and you're going around and uh, fighting monsters, training, uh, leveling up, getting like uh, I, I think like prestige kind of things for hmm. for fighting these monsters. And there's different there. Uh, I believe there are campaigns available in some of the mini expansions and stuff. And there's uh, there's a lot of stuff. I didn't go all in on this one. I just did like the deluxe edition, so I got the the minis and the stretch goals. But um, there's there's a lot of stuff. Uh, hmm. It looks like it's gonna. It would take a lot of playing to get through it all. So I more got Ugh. it for the collectability and just the fun. I like right. minis, and I like. I think it'd be really <laughs> neat. I don't. I'm not under the the influ- I'm not under the impression that anyone in this house will play it with me. But <laughs> not yet. No, not you got yet. time to get them up to that level. <laughs> Speaking it, of, mm-hmm. guess what I have coming in the mail tomorrow if FedEx's tracking is correct. Ooh, so many things. I don't know. What what do you have coming? I have Dwellings of Eldervale. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That is very exciting. The deluxe edition. I played it with Jeff and uh 
I really, really liked it. Um, it's and it's sprawling and just it's awesome. I really, really enjoyed. It. Have you played it? Jeff has. It. I haven't. Have it? I remember um, you tell me about it, and um, and I think soon after that, the the group well, that was a kind of right around the time when our group sort of like disbanded to a degree. <laughs> yeah. And we we had, we had to re-disband. I guess we were trying again, and then then we had to re-disband. But no, I remember you telling me about it. That's one I definitely like, would like to check out. It sounded super, super cool, and it, it plays up to like five. Isn't that right? So you can get a pretty yeah, good I think player. It- yeah, I think it plays. Player group? plays up to five. Yeah, it also has a, a really well developed, uh, very very highly thought of solo mode, which um, I have been looking for very much in heavy games now. Is yeah. is solo good solo modes? So I'm looking yeah. forward oh, to cool. setting that up and, and giving it a try. But um, that is, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And the the box is gigantic. It's like bigger than Gloomhaven size box. Oh damn. It's, ridiculous kingdom death monster size ish kind of yeah it's big it's real real big oh cool i'll have to ask him to i'll have to ask him to bring that or that sounds like one we'd probably have to schedule a separate playthrough to do but he was oh jeff brought another one the other night and we didn't get to play it but he was telling me about it um it's gonna be very anticlimactic because i can't remember the name but i is will it, next time we record is it die of uh, the dead uh no die of the dead was um one he mentioned but it's a it's a two box he got he got the main box and then an expansion and oh jeez it's it's another kind of fantasy structure i will just hmm. not even draw the trying to remember all the details here but and keep it for next time but it's one that sounded really really cool and i think we're going to try to get it played next group um but anyway yeah speaking of kickstarters and fun games that i'm looking forward to trying i feel like uh jeff has received some <laughs> and i think aaron too that over the next few game nights hopefully we'll get them to the table and, and try some stuff yeah but, i think uh, uh, aaron i think aaron has re- lost ru- or ruins of arnak yeah i think right? so yeah mm-hmm. which i looks so good and i would love to give that a shot at some point yeah, I I am excited to jump into. I have been very uh, resistant to trying to do Kickstarter as well <laughs> off and the quarantine because I feel like I'm losing control. But what I have done actually, a Kickstarter that I have received recently is uh, Burgle Bros Two. That's what I've been playing quite a lot of. Um, speaking of oh. Kickstarters that ordered before quarantine and finally arrived, and that has been a blast. I have really fallen in love with this game. It's um, it's a really good example of a game that. It was. It's like a, it turned into a complete redesign. I was reading an article that that interviewed Tim Fowers about it, and he started um, talking about the process of of redesigning it after Burgle Bros. One. And if I, I guess if people don't know, Burgle Bros. One is or Burgle Bros. is a cooperative game by Tim Fowers, who is kind of like Ryan Lockett, or as I call him, Ryan Laukat, who <laughs> makes his own games and designs and publishes. Um, Fowers doesn't do his own art uh, as uh, Ryan does, but. Um, he's kind of a, a one-man sort of shop. Of course, there's a lot of co-working with other people, but he's he's the main guy. And uh, so he made this game that's a cooperative heist game, sort of set in a 1960s uh, universe or art style, art style at least. And you are just a team of, of um, uh, thieves with all your little uh, different abilities and, and identities. And you're trying to infiltrate these buildings and rob the safe and then escape to the roof where you're flown away with a helicopter by a helicopter. Uh, the second one takes place in a casino. And he actually – he and Ryan were – he said he got the idea to do the casino from Ryan. 
And uh, that's where it started. But he was talking about the process and that when he got the idea to do a casino, he ended up just sort of repurposing the rooms in from the first game into the next game. And was uh, the response was that it just didn't feel like a casino. And so it what started as just kind of a burgle bros in a casino ended up being like a complete redesign so he actually went back and redesigned all the rooms specifically for the theme and so it turned into a fully redesigned game structure based on the original structure of burgle bros so uh so anyway yeah it, bros i have i played it a, a few times my, my friend alex it's a game he introduced me to and he really likes it i really liked it a lot i think um it's a really good co-op game, and it does a great job of having kind of individual abilities, but also the each person kind of feels like they've got – you know, the way that a good co-op does, they've got their own choices. They don't feel like there's one right thing they could do uh, in this specific moment, but it can be a bit long. My, my biggest complaints about the game is just it can go – feel like it sort of drags on a bit depending on the situation and how it's playing and who you're playing it with. It can be kind of a hit and miss one. Burgle Bros 2, what Tim Fowers is, he really streamlined the gameplay and so it's a shorter, tighter game and he made some changes about how the game works despite being the main basic structure of you're a heist team, you're going in to rob a safe and then you find the treasure and then you have to escape with the treasure. In the second game, the treasure is... uh, is its own end game scenario. So uh, in both games, you get the treasure is different each time, or it can be, and it and each treasure is going to be represented by some by, by a card or, or something you have to keep with you. Um, but in this in the second game, you actually draw an end game scenario card. So in the first game, what you have to do is you get the treasure, and then you always have to get up to the roof and get flown away by a helicopter. And mm-hmm. playing that a bunch of times to me, it just started kind of feeling redundant. Like each treasure is a little different, but they don't really do that much different things like there's only a couple ones that are different once you get them um like there's one where there's a dog and and so there's a little bit of comedy there where this dog whoever has the dog has to roll a die each turn and if a certain result comes up on the die the dog jumps out of their arms and runs away and you have to go re-catch it (laughs) (laughs) and it's just a little chihuahua and so there's there's some fun stuff that that first game does but um i think that's the most fun treasure in the first game the second game each treasure or each um, thing that's in the safe is different and has a different end game scenario so it's not always about escaping through the roof um, the one that I really think is great is is the there's a car you have to actually steal a car that's in the safe because you know it's a big Vegas casino safe I guess that can fit a whole mini Cooper in there and so you have to drive the car from the safe and sh- drive through the second floor window to get out and escape and so there's all these like insane huh. scenarios that have to be fulfilled. There's a Bengal tiger that you have to. So I haven't played that one, so I'm not <laughs> sure how that one goes. There are just all sorts of like crazy zany scenarios, and so it kind of makes a second stage of the game um, that I felt was a little missing in the first one. Whereas the first one is you get the safe and then you escape each time. It's sort of the same thing. It's not bad by any means, but the second one is you get the safe, which is the first challenge, and then the second challenge pops up after you get the safe to figure out how you end the game. And it's very dynamic, and the replayability, I think, is a lot a lot higher. So uh, I've been playing this with whoever wants to play it. My family really likes it. Um, I, I've been trying to introduce it to other people, but it just was. it's just a really great redesign and a great, a great structure. I have to say Tim Fowers did a superb job in taking a classic game and, uh, and kind of restructuring it, redoing it, to make it feel very, very different, but also the familiar structure. It sounds awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. It's also, um, it's just one, a really good example of just a couple kind of in the redesign process. He took, a, he definitely like very considered about things that were maybe some hangups or com- I wouldn't, I don't want to say complaints because Burgle Bros is a very, very good game, but I, I maybe some uh, slowdowns of the process you in the first complaints. game. Okay, complaints. I'm sure there were complaints. <laughs> People uh, complain about anything. <laughs> that's That's true. That's true. But he really did, seemed to really, really take those complaints seriously and examine them and figure out ways to streamline them in a way, in the way that that you could almost see the first game in more play pass-throughs becoming this game. Um, not that it was felt like he just stopped to, to give up in the first game, but it definitely feels like this scenario makes more sense. So in the first – both games, there are these guards in the first game and then bouncers in the second game because it's a casino – and they have a certain movement speed. They, it's tiles, so they're kind of moving around the game board, um, wandering around, trying to figure out uh, – or they just have a track that they're going around. They have a destination they're walking to slowly, and if they come across you, of course, they uh, are suspicious and they sort of mark you. In the first game, the guards slowly, incrementally increase speed. So whenever certain things happen, suddenly they'll start moving more, uh, one tile more, one tile more, more, progressively more and more, uh, because they just sort of start realizing that something's weird here tonight in this bank or whatever, and we're so gonna they have to start running. Keep... <laughs> Basically, yeah, they start a, a soft jog at first, I guess, as they they sort of just like you know little, now we little, sprint, <laughs> little shuffle step, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you imagine this older guard just like, all right, George, pick up the pace, let's go. Someone's robbing the safe. Uh, but in the second game, the guards never increase movement. It's always static, but the way they move is uh, – it's always consistent, and but it's a higher starting rate than the first game. And so it already feels like you're a little more under pressure. Um, but I like the idea that they're kind of wandering around this casino in a, in a bit more of a tighter design – and they are not alarms that you set off. There's commotions, and so the bouncers aren't. You know, they're they're not running to the commotion to the alarm. They're you know the bouncer's job, of course, is to make it look like oh nothing's wrong, everybody. This is all normal in the casino. But I'm going to walk over here and talk to this person in a stern manner for no yes. reason. This old lady who for some reason is making a scene, and so the theme just feels a little more engaging. At least at least to me that these uh, bouncers are wandering around and uh, just sort of this big goon is sidling up to you and being like, what's the matter, old lady? Why don't you just come with me for a minute and we can talk in the back room? Um, so anyway, just uh, long story short, just a really good example of, of tightening structures to make a game itself tighter as a, as a timeline and, and it's time to be played, but also feeling more appropriate for the theme um, is kind of a side benefit and bonus. So I, I can't really recommend this game enough. It's a really great cooperative game. And uh, what's great about Fowler's game, of course, is that they are never just Kickstarters and then they're done. He kickstarts it and then they're available on his website. So you can definitely go out and grab this one if it interests you. But I would highly yeah. recommend Burgle Bros too. Okay. Well, that is a sterling recommendation. So uh, that yeah. is on my now on my list. There you go. So um, I, thought of a, I thought of another game game that uh, I played with the roommates that they really enjoyed and oh great I really enjoy as well um, and it's just a kick-ass game uh, it's truffle shuffle I have never played that game I really really like it it's actually uh, my understanding I think it's it's the same design team that did um, uh, point salad oh okay and it's uh it's very easy it's a card drafting game 
Um, it's, it's a set collection. It's very easy to explain, um, simple to follow, but there is some decent strategy in it. Uh, it's, it's not mind melting, but you definitely have to pay attention. Uh, so it's, uh, and there's a lot, a lot of fun choices in there and it's, uh, it's a, a good, good light, uh, filler game that, that I've played now probably a dozen times and have really really enjoyed hmm. truffle shuffle isn't that a, a is that a dance i feel like i've heard that phrase before <laughs> i can't it can't be in reference to the game I feel it's like... not in reference to goonies <laughs> it was not named after goonies oh that's that is exactly where i've heard it yes okay yeah. that's exactly what it is i'm like where have i heard that <laughs> Yes, it is, has Teasing nothing to do an with an overweight child. That's yes, why I've heard has it. Nothing to do with chunk. So, <laughs> you know what I want, chunk. You know what I want to see. <laughs> I don't know why. Come on, guys. <laughs> let just Poor let chunk. me in. Do it. <laughs> do it. <sighs> Fine. Oh, poor chunk. Oh, the eighties and when teasing fat kids was encouraged, not even just to practice, but encouraged broadly right? by Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, apparently quite funny. So explain. I'm looking at the structure of Truffle Shuffle, and it looks like – so there's a pyramid of – you know what it kind of looks like to me is it looks like um, Seven Wonders Duel Board. Yes. Have you ever played that one? Yeah. Yes. It looks very similar to that. Is it kind of similar in structure where you're revealing slowly revealing cards through this pyramid? Yes. Um, so the cards have uh, – they – they have two sides, obviously, because, you know, they're cards and we live in a three-dimensional world. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but they're face up and then face down and then face up and then face down and face up, face down. And um, so the face down ones, you know what the suit is. You just don't know what's on the other side. So um, there's cards between uh, one and five. And uh, fives are more common than fours, or more common than threes, or more common than twos, or more common than ones. And then there's like special action cards that let you like draw two, or um, let you um, change uh, color on a card, or change a uh, like kind of make other cards wild and things like that. So um, the idea is that you are collecting cards in your hand. Uh, you're drafting them, um, collecting them in your hand, and then turning them in in certain sets for points. Basically, poker hands. So you turn in like um, you could turn in a run of f- four cards that uh, don't match in suit, and you might get you know like four points or whatever. Um, but if they did match in suit, maybe it'd be like eight points. Um, and then there you do a large round of five cards and, and so, um, and then you could do also do sets, uh, but with the numbers, the sets that you turn in are, um, dependent on what number the card is. So, uh, you have to turn in five fives or four fours or three threes or two twos or one one. Hmm. Okay. So, um, so then you basically, you're turning these in, you're collecting points, uh, from the, the big pile of like cardboard coins and um so those are end up being your victory points and the um the some of the the struggle is is that when you get to uh the end of the game you pull the last card and there's actually three rounds so this will happen three times so when you get to the end of a round 
you only get to carry two of your cards in your hand over to the next round. Well, I think it actually depends on how many players are playing, but it's uh, it's like the number of players. So um, in a three-player game, you'd only be able to keep like three cards. Um, okay. So you may be collecting, like you may have seven or eight cards in your hand waiting for this big payday, and you're not getting the card you need, and then somebody pulls the last card, and you have to just discard for nothing, you know, six cards out hmm. of your hand. So, so the idea is, is you want to obviously get as many points as possible, but do not put yourself in a situation where you're waiting too long and you're not going to be able to turn in sets before the round ends. Hmm. Interesting. So it's, uh, there, there is, there, there are a couple little things like that that are in play that, um, it, it's very interesting. I, I really, everyone I've played it with, uh, has really enjoyed it. So, oh, cool. Um, and Ruffles I played it, I had it in Denver too. So I played it with like Larry and Julie and, um, I played it with, uh, my son, Joey. I played it with my roommates here. Uh, we, everybody's really liked it. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that one out too. Um, ah, uh, let's see. I was going to recommend one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Similo. Have you played Similo before? How do you spell that? uh s-i-m-i-l-o no uh that's <laughs> that's another really light one but i was just thinking of uh, it's one i was introduced to recently and it's kind of like it's a very light game i think it's like one rated like at one on bgg <laughs> but the way it works is you buy a deck and the deck is themed uh uh of something like i think the the original ones were like um history fables uh or myths uh they came out with recently animals um and i think they have two animal decks that, like i'm not sure oh zoo animals and like wild animal or like um i don't know i don't know what else would be the other ones wild animals which also would be zoo animals but anyway yes. you can mix and match these mix and match these two but basically what it is is you have um a, a grid of these cards are laid out and they have uh, they're very like cartoony. <clears throat> they're uh, they're very like cartoony looking. And so like the animals deck, of course, there's just any animals you'd imagine. So there's like woodpecker, a sheep, a wolf, a turtle, a beaver, a skunk, a chicken, a dog, blah blah blah. And on the back of them, they have uh, a, a very abstract background. It's usually looks like sort of um, kind of uh, like vector art on the background. And then the animal itself is uh, kind of a characterish. Uh, painted character uh, with bright colors and, and very quirky designs. And the whole point of the game is the there's a guesser and then there is the clue giver. And the clue giver cannot speak. Uh, and they have a they draw a card to figure out which animal is the active animal in the grid. And the grid is a four by three grid. Oh, <clears throat> and so is this, is this the one where where like you have to make the face that's that the character's making? No, to no. try and what, guess which one it is. Okay, I I saw some... that. God, that sounds really familiar, though. Sorry, I wish to figure out what that one like is. That. Yeah. So this one is you have it through a series of clues. You have to you do have to guess which card is the is the active card through the rounds. But you have a series of clues. The other the clue giver has a deck of cards, and they have to play. Uh, they have a deck of cards, and they're going to draw cards into their hand, and they have to play one card each round into a pile that is similar or different. 
And it over the course of a series of rounds, so the first round they're going to play a card, and let's say, um, I don't know, they play whatever. They play a, a chicken, and the active card, uh, well, you don't know what the active card is, so they play it to similar. So the guesser has to guess, okay, so this card is similar to something, the card that I eventually need to guess. So they have to, each round, eliminate cards based on that clue, a similar or different. So they might get rid of things that aren't a bird if a chicken was played. Each round, they have to get rid of more and more cards, so it becomes really difficult. I think it's like, first round, they just have to get rid of one of the cards from the grid. Uh, hmm. Second round, after the clue is played, they have to get rid of, like, three cards from the grid. Third round is, like, four, four or five cards from the grid. It just it's, it really quickly ramps up. And so it's this really interesting very silly fun game of like trying to suss out what they think this card means it kind of reminds me of mysterium or um you know other games where there's just a silent clue giver but it be, it's very fast compared to those games and just very silly and you could play it as teams uh but the clues aren't necessarily for what the animal is like it doesn't necessarily mean that because i played a bird that the uh, clue that the animal is a bird it could be that the background has a reference point in it or it could be the facial expression of right. the animal is tilted one way or the other so there's all these like rabbit holes you can go down of like what do they want me to see in this and it just becomes a very silly game and it's it's very light but it is so satisfying to win this game because the last uh, the second to last round, you have to get rid of – I can't remember what it is. I think it's like three or four cards. Um, but the round after that, you only have to get rid of one, of course, to to, to differentiate between the one that is or is not the, the remaining one. And it, if you can get to that last round, it is so satisfying to be able to then <laughs> guess it right. But it is still a really hard decision between the last two because these last two are the best options you have. And, of course, right. their hand of cards that they have to give the clues with isn't going to be perfect. They can't put down a it's the dog card. You know, it has to be like once again, they've got to be like like boring their eyes into your brain being like, don't misinterpret this clue. All right. Similar. <laughs> and then. And then you just go in this whirlwind of second guessing your own initiative or initial responses. It, it's a very silly, fun game, but um, I got a real kick out of it. And they have different series, so you can pick up packs basically of um, different themes, and you can also commingle these themes, which makes it zanier in a different way. But it's a really fun one if you're looking for a light kind of filler game that's pretty approachable and, and very fun. Okay, yeah, that that's looking looking at pictures of it online. It's. Uh... It looks silly, but yeah, that's very uh, that's goofy. very interesting. That's very interesting gameplay. No, I think uh, I watched a review of uh, Tom Vassell did a review of some kids game that uh, has cards laid out in a grid like that, and you're it's all either people or animals or whatever, and you have to like try and make a facial expression like the card you're trying to get them oh, to guess. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember. Yes, I do remember that review. Oh, what is that game? <laughs> I'll have to look that up too. But ridiculous! I totally forgot about. Yeah, I remember watching the movie being like, "Huh, interesting." I could. That is definitely the right group type of game. Like that is not going to play with all groups. Yes, I will not be playing that game, but somebody (laughs) will. Good on them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, similar. Similar is pretty good. I I thought that one was a pretty fun one. Um, you know what? Actually, we just played recently too, and you, right before you guys left, actually, the last kind of game get together we had, you introduced me to to Guillotine. I I, re- I really like that game, and I just recently played it again. And I have to say, I think Guillotine is going to be uh, it's one I pick up because that is that is really fun. I have to, Guillotine is an impressive game that ha- I didn't realize how old it was, but it yeah. holds up. It it's really really super, holds up. 
it, it's super old, but yeah, it, it does hold up. It's, um, it, I like it a lot too. Uh, I've, I've only played it a handful of times now, but, um, it, I, I, it has to be what inspired parade. It has to be. Yes. Oh, for sure. There's definitely got to be influence there. Absolutely. Like there's no, there's no chance the parade guys like I've never played guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of it. Don't want to hear about it. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I yeah I'm just really impressed like it's it's over 20 years old at this point and mm-hmm. I just was uh, like it, it really feels like it was designed in the last few years like it could or it could have been just the the way it holds up the the um, uh, abilities of the cards are really well designed to interplay off each other and the replayability is just really good so I was very impressed Wizards yeah, of the I, Coast I, and I Paul Peterson I agree I think the the artwork doesn't hold up very it looks like an old game. It very much does, yeah. Um, I would love to see like a, a reprint uh, or potentially retheme, but reprint for sure that uh, maybe has some some updated art. But but yeah, it's a really fun game. Uh, it it definitely everything works well together. It's very well balanced. Yeah, I um, I do. I was trying to think of other games that have that structure outside of Parade, and I guess. Port Royal is another one that's kind of got that tableau. It's not anything like Guillotine, but sort of that tableau idea of um, uh, cards being laid out. Um, Which one? Uh, Port Royal. Have you played that one? Ah, yes. Actually, that's weirdly. That's on my list as the game that I was about to mention next. That oh. uh, I've played Port Royal in the last couple of months. Uh, I've played Port Royal probably 20 times. Um <laughs> When uh, the the last week that I was in Denver, uh, we we're over at Larry and Jen's a lot, and we would play Port Royal like constantly over and over again. It was uh, I really, really, really like that game a lot. I did too. That was I wasn't familiar with it until just recently, but um, that's another one that you know, 2014 is when it came out, and it just feels it well, feels very that's modern. The- I believe the 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 one in uh, the one I have is the Steve Jackson games ones that came that that was reprinted in 2015, but I think it's even older than that. Like I think it's like oh really okay originally like like 2010 or 2012. Interesting. It's a, yeah, it's that... a reasonably old game as well. But um, but yeah, just uh, the the push your luck element is uh, just goes over so well. Um, it it really does that. Do I? Do I put another one out? Do I put another one out, or do I just take this? But I, I could, I could, it could be enough to get me two cards. Right, right. What do I do? What do I do? Do I play it safe? Do I go for the big, the big payday? And um, it's that, yeah, it really appeals to, to that that fun sense of of pressure lock. I really like it. It definitely feels like an older game that was ahead of its time for the way it does the push your luck structure. You know, it throw, yes. with the throwing in of the, um, uh, you know, being able to fight off pirates, the ways that you bust, um, of course, the way that busting affects other players where you might want to bust to give them less options versus, um, you know, what is it? I think you can get four ships of different colors and that suddenly is a big payout there's just it's not a point yeah, salad do, game but it just feels five, like so many options yeah yeah if you do four of each color or of each country then you can take two of the cards from the tableau if you get all five uh without duplicates yeah. then then you can take three which can be a huge payday to be able to get three cards 
Oh yeah, big swing. Yeah, especially if there's some some expensive ships out there that which obviously there there would be at least five. Um, <laughs> so so you get some some big like four coin cards and and then buy some of those really expensive like it's yeah you could get it's it's huge but then yeah you're right at the same time if you know that um there's enough cards out there that somebody else is going to get what they want it might not always be the worst thing in the world to bust yeah yeah and just just wipe it it can be a good strategy yeah, no, I was I was really impressed with that one too. I definitely, um, it's kind of funny actually. Now, now that the kind of the themes of the games that I've really been playing lately have, and it sounds like you too, um, for a variety of reasons, I've been playing a lot of like lighter games, and so it's mm-hmm. been fun to rediscover like especially these old ones that I really weren't aware of or wasn't aware of, except maybe a name only. And playing them today, it's just like, man, this is so solid. I'm, I am really, really impressed with some of these games and how well they hold up. And the fact that I could see influences. Well, we talked about Parade kind of being influenced um, with by Guillotine. A lot of influences of modern game structure with some of these things. And Port Royal uh, is probably one of the best push-your-luck little games that, that I've ever played. Oh, yeah. I love no the characters, question. too. This And then having the character abilities, that definitely feels somewhat ahead of its time for when this game came out. Um, and having the character abilities and how they tie into that push your luck structure, which kind of makes this game much more, much more than just a basic little push your luck, um, mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. But, for uh, sure. but yeah, Port Royal really, really solid. I really enjoy that one. Yeah. Port Royal can be a little more difficult right up front to explain than some of the other games we've talked about. Um, sure. the first time you really kind of have to play it through once to really see, how everything comes together because you're yeah, like wait absolutely. two ships and, and what and why am i buying this and what right. what is do do i take i take one uh, yeah w- i i bust what does this mean why do i have a sword here what what do you mean i get to <laughs> i get to get rid of it can i do it now do i have to do it now like yeah there's like but once you see a playthrough you're like oh okay yeah. this all makes sense so it's uh i i wish that I could find an easier way to kind of explain some of those elements. Otherwise I think Port Royal might make it to the table a little more often, but if it's with somebody who's played it before, then I mean, it's really easy to get into once you know the feel of it. Yeah. Once you get around or uh, even, or even around, cause it's played over a few rounds, um, even around done, you're definitely going to have a sense of like, okay, I get, I get the interplay here, but, but it is going to take a, a playthrough to really get, uh, I don't know, pre pre planned because it is, like you said, it is a game that you kind of need to know what's coming down the pike or what's available because pushing your luck, you need to know what you're going to be pushing your luck for. <laughs> right. So, but, um, but man, once you do, yeah, it, it, it's quick, it's, it's fast, and the, there's a surprising amount of decisions to make in such a small game, but there's none that really like hold you to like chewing your fingernails. Oh, what's the right one here? It's just like, oh, you got a couple. They're both probably good make a decision <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah solid game well, I don't know. Uh, who did who designed that one that was uh oh, alexander fister mr fister mr. did it again fister. yeah he um he did blackout hong kong too i believe yeah which we will be talking about soon yes we- yes we'll get into that probably in the next one because uh i don't think we have that kind of time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that'd be fun to do a, a deeper dive on some heavier, heavier game too. Because uh, yeah. 
I uh, I really enjoyed my play of that one as well. I do have a game that uh, did not go over well. Um, oh, okay. And I I didn't necessarily hate it, but um, I've yet to find anyone who uh, remotely enjoys it. Um, <laughs> and that is bees. B e z b e e z. Oh, I remember you showing me that one. Yeah, and um, it is basically a programmed movement game. Like you rotate, you start of your turn, you rotate your bee a certain to face a certain direction or whatever, and then based on what direction you you face it, uh, it moves a certain number of spaces. And then whatever you land on, if you land on pollen, you take the pollen and you try and make patterns on your your board. And it's uh, I. It was a real bomb for for all of us. Um, so what what was the downfall of it? It just like I, where did it fall flat? It just wasn't fun. It okay. was. It, it's an interesting thought experiment, kind of like. And if you are into pattern building, and maybe if you're into program movement games, this is. Uh, more engaging but like i played it with uh with larry and julie before we left and lay as soon as we're done larry's like yeah there's a game i'm never playing again <laughs> like okay <laughs> he's like that wasn't fun at all like yeah i kind of i mean i i get it in that there is a game there but it just it's um it's not super engaging um and it, I, I don't know, just fell flat. Huh. Interesting. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to think of another game. I had a similar experience uh, a the while ago. Like, talked about it. The bee miniatures are really cool. Um, if I can repurpose those, it into looks like beautiful. Another game, but it looks like yeah, a well-designed game. The, the art style is pretty cool. So is it just that it was too predictable, or just didn't like it was felt like the game design was like too tight or something? It almost felt more of like an, an activity than a game because of the program movement. And program movement games kind of can can be that way sometimes because you do the one thing and then it sort of just like does its own thing and whatever happens, happens. Um, and the only real... It it has variable scoring, so you, you pull out different scoring cards for each game, so it's always different what you're trying to do, but you're trying to, to build patterns um, in your your hive uh, with this pollen okay. that you're collecting. But the way you collect the pollen is you you point and go. And it's just, I, I don't know if it's just uh, like what it is that's missing. It just, it feels like a kind of a slog. It just feels like a, like an activity. Yeah. More than. Like a chore. <laughs> yeah, more than like a game game. So it's just not very engaging or exciting or uh, it's just not fun yeah oh, bummer yeah yeah i was looking forward to it too because it looked really cool oh uh, yeah that sucks I, it sounds like the talking about it it does sound like i'd like to try it <laughs> like the the overall theme and description of like what you're trying to do sounds cool yeah and you can uh they I, there's a bunch of really good uh, reviews and rules explanations on on YouTube if you want to check it out just to kind of get a better feel for it. But um, in practice, it did not uh, did not go over well. Huh. All right. 
Um, I'm trying to think of the game. I had an experiment experience uh, soon after quarantine started. Uh, this game that was about um, it was kind of like this themed as a noir game, but it's a noir game set inside of a human body, and you are white blood cells trying to suss out an infection, and he's the big bad guy. <clears throat> I can't remember what he, his name is, but you're trying to like find him, suss him out, and eliminate him from um, the body. And it looks so cool. Where there's that like cards you. It sounds awesome, right? There's these cards you play, and the theme is very, like, cartoony noir where you've got all these, like, fedoras on, and you're uh, hunting down these uh, this big bad gang member, basically, but he's really just an, uh, a virus. And um, uh, he's sending out his minions, which are infecting these nodes, and you're supposed to go and rid the rid, uh, eliminate them, and you get these sort of weapons to fight them, and you get these abilities, but you've got to... Um, contain corral and contain them as each part of the body gets slowly infected without it getting out of control as at the same time you're trying to hunt down the big bad and engage with him as much as you can and as soon as you destroy him once he doesn't die forever he pops back up in different ways and it just sounded really cool but once again the gameplay itself was such a slog and lost in its own mechanisms and the minutiae it just it i was playing with aaron and aaron was so done with this game by the time we got to the end <laughs> and just could not contain his ire to a degree. And Jeff, Jeff was, I was playing with Aaron and Jeff as well. And they were very frustrated with this game. And I, I understood them. I, I was kind of trying to like, be like, well, but I mean, this mechanism wasn't too bad and blah, 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 blah. But I, I do have to admit that they were right. The game fell. Is it a co-op uh, game? It is a co-op game. So already like there's a check against it for, uh, <laughs> for why, why was Jeff playing a co-op game? <laughs> Uh, I think I forced games. it upon them. I think I forced it upon them, which maybe didn't help the situation. Do you <laughs> but, own it? Uh, no, it was one of the games that I couldn't. It's a French game, and it was um, the game I couldn't find to purchase, and so it was on Tabletop Simulator. I was I was going to try it out, and I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to try this. I, I'm going to see if I can prick this game up. And n- n- after playing it, I was like, mm, never mind. <laughs> this one was – I'd like to try to support it where I can after playing them virtually. But – Man, was this did this fall flat? And it looks so cool, and it, the structure looks so neat, and the gameplay itself um, seemed like it'd be really fun to do and very unique and different. But man, it just got a slog. It just became a slog. It just felt a game that was needed another pass to tighten it up and mm. and kind of streamline certain mechanisms to make it so it just wasn't. It was basically like whack-a-mole. That's what it sort of devolved into. Is like you just created a whack-a-mole system where the strategy is the same virtually every time. So there isn't really like an exciting like what's going to happen this time. It's like all right, you've got to cover this quadrant. I got to cover this quadrant. I've got to cover that quadrant. And then someone's got to go after the big bad or do another thing over here. So you kind of have people just sort of maintaining position, which isn't uh, really fun, of course. That's not and fun at all. No, not at all. And so it just felt like it really wasted all these opportunities to make this game more dynamic and it kind of felt like another one where it just sort of was like released before the last pass was done or maybe there were mechanisms that the designers were really like clinging to and were very precious to them they didn't want to restructure or or refocus on on them and so anyway once again it just fell really flat and was very disappointing Hmm. but uh but yeah so i uh (laughs) 
<laughs> just anyway, as soon as you brought up the B thing and the falling flat, it just made me think of that game because they, they were so done with it by the time we were done playing the game. I can't even remember if we even finished the game. I think we might have just like stopped because it was taking so long. Huh. Yeah, I might try B's again. I might try it with uh, the roommates here because it's um, it is a very simple game. So maybe it's uh, maybe it was just wasn't meaty enough for the other yeah the other guys i didn't hate it i didn't love it but i i rarely like come out and start i'm like i hate this game like i'm normally like oh this game you know it it uh was fine i mean, except for carcassonne i hate carcassonne but yeah there's nothing yeah, I, about that game. <laughs> there really, really isn't. Nothing. Oh, Carcassonne. There you have your defenders and your large fan base, but I just, I mm. don't, uh, I don't get it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're we're up over an hour now. So. Yeah, I we think should. we did it, everybody. Yeah. Well, this is great. I'm so excited to be able to get back into it i know you are too so um to all you listeners out there yeah we're we're back in the mix so we're going to be bringing out some new episodes and hopefully engaging with you guys and uh, i'm looking forward to hearing back and responses in either way um and we have mountains of content to talk about so we'll be getting into all sorts of different things yes. but uh yeah let's uh thank you again for listening let's see how can they reach out to us this these days what's the best way should we what do we um, want to really Twitter and Instagram at Roasted Games One, um, or you can uh, Roasted dot Games is our website. Um, mm-hmm. Email is um, what is it? Roasted Games Co. at Roasted gmail. Games Co. at Gmail <laughs> Colorado or uh, company. Gonna... Yeah, Probably. I know that's, that's true. Probably Colorado, but yeah. <laughs> Either any one of those ways, of course, is a, a great way to get a hold of us. Oh, you can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to the Roasted Games page, fill out our comment form. So many ways to get a hold of us. But um, we'd love to hear from you. Any guys, any tips you guys have, topics you want us to discuss, uh, or comments on anything that we've talked about, we'd, of course, love to hear any feedback. But thank you guys for listening. We had a blast this episode, kicking it off Absolutely. again. We'll see you on the next episode. See ya.